This week on Sober Dope, you better work. Hi, sister. Hello. What's up? Oh, just drinking Diet Summit Cola from Aldi's and playing my ukulele. Hell yes. I'm about ready to sober dope the fuck out of this shit tonight. It's going to be our best episode ever. Also, just another disclaimer. We kind of use swears in here, so I'm sorry if you weren't prepared for that. Yeah, if you don't like swear words, you can fuck off. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Sorry. You can just see yourself out then. That's much better with your manners. Use your in- inside voice, Grace. As our mom would say, that's disrespectful. Exactly. Disrespectful. <laughs> I hope she never listens to this. Oh, my and God. And if you do, I love you, Mom. But I, lo- I love you, Mom. <laughs> Welcome to Sober Dope. Tonight's topic is talking about, again, air quote, doing the work. Man, it was work trying to get on here tonight. I, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but... We kind of, I do know about you because we kind of chatted right before we got on here. This is not a topic I want to talk about because work is hard. Well, what is it? Like, all I think about is like that song that's like, you better work, cover girl. And that's sort of Man, I love me some RuPaul. (laughs) Um, That is my favorite show to watch when I want to watch some like good trashy television it's like super good trashy Mm -hmm. but for real like what is yeah what's what's the work like I don't know you know I was trying to think about that I would hear that phrase in AA or you hear people talking about like you got to do the work I don't think you work it I still don't even know really what that means other than like really digging into your identity and values and to call it your own ass fuckery to live the life that you think is congruent with, with who you are. And that looks different ways for different people. I'm talking all fancy because I just got done with my therapy session with my Karen tonight. You were were doing the work. I was doing like, so for me that is doing the work because I, have been so angry and triggered lately. And like I said in a different podcast, um, anger is not a feeling I'm really skilled at working through, even, you know, almost six years sober in March. Like I am a toddler when it comes to that. So I walked into my therapy session and I said, Hey, my Karen. She's like, yeah. By the way, for people who don't know what we're talking about, we call we call our therapist Karen to keep their identities secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she's grateful for that. She probably needs therapy after I go into therapy. <laughs> so when we say Karen, we just mean our therapist. We just mean, hey. Like, we don't go to the same one. We just call no. our therapist Karen's. Karen. Um, and she's totally not a Karen, like, in a Karen pejorative way. Anyway, um, I went in and I said, hey, tonight's a really good night because I am having... I'm triggered, very triggered by anger, and I will recap briefly why. And I just am tired of going through this. For the last three months, I've been working through my own recovery from codependency, and it's a process, which I forgot because 
when you're doing well in certain areas, it just kind of, it's not linear. It sneaks up on you sometimes. So I said, I think I just need a safe space to turn my rational part of my brain off and just say all the things my irrational brain and heart need to say and just have a place to get it out. So for me, that was doing the work because I like, I have like these different parts of my personality, I think sometimes like different facets and one of those facets, what I call the justifier. Like I think of like, again, if you're playing a video game, stick with me here. I'm all over the place. But I think like when you play a video game and you have your avatar and you're like building it, you can put different clothes or different hairstyles or whatever on it. Like, I think that there are certain aspects to my personality that are like that. And one of those like aspects is like the justifier where it's like, I justify why I should, or I justify why I shouldn't be angry. So for example, this particular person I'm having some anger toward, I think, well, I shouldn't feel this way. I've done things that have hurt people. I have, um, I'm not a perfect person. All those things are true, but that doesn't mean that I don't feel angry or that I should run away from that feeling Mm -hmm. and not work through it. So that's one example of what I think for me doing the work is it's like digging deep and having to do the the emotional things that are hard that like, I think I don't want to speak for you, Gracie, but I can speak for myself as a recovering addict, alcoholic, like I used alcohol to mask all that. I would run away with my, from my feelings and anger and doing any work by just shutting it all off the alcohol. So it's a new skill. What does doing the work mean for you? So, I mean, that phrase, like I started hearing it when I was first like researching, um, oh shit, am I an alcoholic? Cause I really don't want to be. So how do I figure out how to not be in that category? Mm-hmm. Um, that whole period of time where I was like obsessed with defining if I was or not. So I was like really, um, dipping my toe into the sobriety community and, the phrase doing the work and like it works if you work it was coming up, especially surrounding AA. Um, and I thought doing the work was like doing the steps, like de- the 12 steps, which for a lot of people it is. Um, to me, the phrase is really like unspecific and really daunting sounding, but the work to me, and it is really daunting, <laughs> um, I think is like anything that is going to be the more difficult path, but what's going to keep you sober. So like, yeah, it keeps turning up in different forms. And I think I told you, like, it's kind of like a shape shifter for me. So like some days the work is doing the hard thing I don't want to do, like getting to the gym to move my body. That would be an easy uh, example of doing the work. And even that's hard some days. Um, the The harder stuff, the the deeper work is like really taking time in the week to listen to a sober podcast or journal or get my ass to therapy or tell someone what I'm going through. And then even deeper than that is like when you know something is like slowly bubbling up in you and choosing to face it and name it and sit with it. Like, no, I don't know anything you're talking about. I don't want to talk about fucking work. (laughs) And it it happens the rarest for me. I know there's some people probably, especially early on in sobriety, where like every day that they're waking up, yet they are facing their demons and doing the work every day. It's a little bit fewer and far between for me, but it still majorly comes up. And like, I just know it when I see it. Like if, um, like you were kind of talking about um, 
like the kind of resistance you feel when something is coming up for you like oh god I don't want to deal with this that is like the sign that's pointing to your work like what do I not what do I feel uncomfortable about or what do I not feel like I'm like brave enough or strong enough to face right now that's whatever that's what you're going to need to like work on (laughs) the work itself can look however you want it to but it it's hard yeah yeah like right now my work is right now big time my work is believing in myself not being so self-deprecating and like really having more confidence and like really being proud of myself basically like I feel I feel a lot of resistance to doing it because I feel like I'm really not all that worthy and like not all that great so I know I need to turn and face this and like really start to look at where that comes from, what experiences I had, you know, growing up with that or in, even in my late teens, early 20s, where that where that identity formed of like downplaying my, my strengths and downplaying who I am mm-hmm. and then figuring out how to build myself up again. And that's it's a confusing place to be because I don't really know where to start. But like, that's the work. <laughs> It's it's always looking different for me. So I yeah. don't know. No, I heard a couple answer, things but... in there that you said. So for, for me, it's when you were talking about what you're working through, which is having self-confidence and feeling like you have value in yourself and, and um, that you can speak about your strengths. Those things, when you were talking about it, was like where my brain went back to that whole like justifier aspect of my personality because it is hard like you said when there's resistance for me there's that's um where the other the records in your brain come up is a block so like well I shouldn't feel this way because blah 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 or like that stuffing down of when you get close to that feeling or that line of what you need to work on yeah that came up for me but like mine is just um it there's two things one is that i feel like ready and i want to do quote the work that i need to, to to move towards my values and to move towards the person that i am i know i am i have like a i've learned i've learned what i value about myself i've forgiven myself i have i like myself but where I need to do the work is on forgiveness of particular people that I, I feel like have harmed me. And I know we talked a lot about codependency in that process as well. So sometimes I forget, um, like, even though I want to do the work, how hard it is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yes. for you know, like the whole, like, again, addict thinking of like, I get excited about the reward of it. Like, think of how good this is going to be when I get through it. But then it comes to it, and I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no thanks. Hard pass. This, this has got feelings involved. <laughs> and this seems hard. I shouldn't <laughs> feel this way. I'm sure, like, okay, I'm for- okay, I forgive you. No, I don't. No, I don't. I am still at the point where I'm like, I have to feel through this. And, um, Again, I think the bigger thing, too, for me is remembering to ask for help when I'm doing the work. We talked about that in the past podcast of, like, 
sometimes we can't work ourselves out of this wet paper bag that we've caught ourselves in. So for me to reach out to friends, family, particularly in this case, a therapist who gave me worksheets and made my inner third grader so excited. Like she, she gets me, man. I'm like, I need tools. And she's like, I got some worksheets and I'm like, oh yeah. Cause it feels tangible, right? Like I can read through this. I can write it down. It's existed in a um, physical form where I can look at it and I've got it. I can also feel through it on my own pace. And so that's a great tool for me, but it's still work. It's work that like, I don't want to have to, um, I just want it to be done. Like I just want to get to the other place and I'm super excited. And then when it comes up, I've been doing this dance with myself, um, specifically with codependency and releasing myself from, from that particular, what I identify as an addiction for myself of like, I just, it's time to do the work. Um, but it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's God. It's never easy. Yeah. Um, what you were just talking about with the whole like needing assignments and things, it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of when I think about the work, follow me on this. This is going to be kind yes. of meta for a second. Doing the work for me has, has the, my relationship to it has changed a lot. I think when I was drinking, I was avoiding the work, like the plague, like I would know something was happening something was being brought up over and over, a pattern was repeating. And instead of like looking at it and dealing with it, I would just drink or I would, you know, numb out with like Netflix or food or people or whatever. Um, And it was completely avoiding any and all work. And then (laughs) as soon as I was freshly sober, it was like I was forcing the work. Like I was like... (laughs) pushing myself to be better and to heal god damn it and so (laughs) standing in front of like a fire hydrant yes yeah Yeah, I was like just bring on all the work and trying to like force (laughs) it to happen like I want to be better I want to be like the most like you know in the song I want to (laughs) in the song creep where he's like I want a perfect body I want a perfect soul I was like I want to be fucking worked out Um, And that wasn't good either because I was being, like you said, you can be really hard on yourself and Uh you can judge yourself and criticize yourself. And um, now I think like the most productive I become is like kind of checking it out from afar for like a couple weeks. Like, hmm, I'm noticing that I'm doing this and then kind of sitting with it or being with it, noticing it for a really long time. And then when I get the energy and the like the power, (laughs) the, the courage or the mostly just just energy because it's so hard um, to like do something about it then it kind of takes the form of like either going to therapy or journaling or talking to someone who's safe about it um, and kind of doing that mental restructuring but like yeah there was like very maladaptive forms of doing the work for me for a long time either by completely ignoring it or avoiding it or by trying to like force it to happen and now I think it's like it comes and goes and it's just going to keep coming and going for until we're like for 80 more years until we die. Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking about that. That's I am the same, like both half optimistic and half completely pessimistic mind view of things. But like it's exactly what you just said. It's like I the first point of work that I had to do for myself in any form or fashion of recovery was like there's nowhere to get to. Like, I just accept that there's nowhere to get to. Like, you don't do something or you don't become sober and it's like, I'm all fixed up and these next phases of my life unfold. Like, 
even before I was drinking, like even as a child, like you're trained to look at, or I was feel like I was to look at what's the next thing that you need to accomplish. Like the only, there is no end goal. Right. (laughs) There is no end goal. And like, we just keep doing this shit over and over and over. And if you choose to be better because you're digging in and trying to turn over a new side of yourself or understand it better or let go of things that um, harm you emotionally and spiritually, then great. But if you don't, you're just going to sit there until it's time or until it comes back again. Always. (laughs) So for me, like removing... I don't have to get anywhere. Removing the pressure to have to achieve at being a, an enlightened human being. Like, I don't have to do that. I just need to work on what I, what's in front of me today. And then I might feel better for a while. But like, I creep back up again. And I'll look at whatever so happens. That's hard about it, though, is yeah. that like when you haven't really gotten in the habit of doing work on yourself, the idea yes. that no matter how hard you do it, it's not going to it's not really going to fix you and it's going to be perpetual until you die is what makes you avoid it for so long because you're like I don't have the fucking time and energy to do work on myself like at least I'm speaking for myself it's it was so daunting to think about making my healing my full-time job I just didn't want to do it and to know like if someone were to tell me in my heaviest drinking days like oh to stay sober you're gonna have to do like 16 to 24 hours a week (laughs) of (laughs) self-care and then you're still gonna have fucking issues um but that's what you have to do now I'd be like fuck off I'd rather (laughs) but now that I'm sober I do know like it's really worthwhile and like the changes the very small teeny tiny incremental changes that have happened from doing work have been like I can't ever unknow these things that I've learned about myself and it's been so worthwhile but it's hard to explain to someone who is like understandably avoiding doing the work. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and you can be sober and avoid doing your work. Oh, like, sure. I get days of that. Yeah. Like I, yes. I just release myself from the burden of having to be perfect. I think when I boil it down to what quote doing the work is like, I don't, I don't have to be anyone but for me and my values, like I, you know, again, I do believe in a higher power. It's really weird. I, I'm not unique. I don't mean it like, you know, I'm a alcoholic who's claiming to be, have a unique higher power. I just, it's an eclectic mix of things that I find to be true for me as a higher power. Um, but even if there wasn't one, even if there wasn't, and this is just some sort of biological um, evolution to consciousness like to me it doesn't matter like the what matters to me is I'm conscious and alive right now and I can do whatever I want with this gift of a life that I finally have being sober and I'd like to be a good person yeah oh, some days yeah. I'm not sometimes I'm a complete asshole but you know what I I hope hopefully I get to wake up the next day and I can either choose to be an asshole again that day or I can choose to like look at it and figure out why so I don't be an asshole again. That's a yeah, really great I mean, syntax, right? Some so people... I don't be an asshole. <laughs> Maybe I, I can read work, a dictionary. So I don't be an asshole. So I don't be an asshole again. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's if people are listening who believe um, that there is an afterlife and that or of some kind of like karma points or a reason to not be an asshole in the afterlife 
that's a great motivation. I, I personally don't have that motivation. I sort of just want my situation now to be improved. And I want to leave this earth knowing that I did as much as I could to grow. Um, Cause that's to me, that's my life's purpose is to try to grow and <laughs> not be an asshole. I, I don't um, know what my life purpose is. <laughs> I thought I used to have to know and I used to have to figure it out. And then I just drank most of that feeling away of like, Oh shit, I don't know what I'm doing here. Now I'm like, I think I've said this to you before, Gracie. It's like looking through my life. Okay. In my twenties, I was like, I got this shit together. I got, an education I was really proud of that um due to my you know privilege in life that I had access to it no it was all me um I had an education I was married I had a kid I had a career I was working up I was getting promoted and I was going to do this particular career and I was really good in it and then we bought a house and then my 30s hit and of course I was like not admitting I was an alcoholic, but just completely masking any emotional, complete brokenness that I had because I had no core value for what I wanted to do with my life. It was all things. It was all accomplishments and badges that I unlocked. So I just drank that feeling of emptiness away and then had to go to a really dark place to get sober. And now that I'm in my 40s, I'm like, you know what? I don't have my shit together most days and I don't know what I want to do. I tell my daughter all the time. I'm like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And she's just disturbed by that. I'm like, I don't know, but I do know some things that like, I hopefully want to be a a good person more than I want to be an asshole. I think, um, I hope I have a career where it's of service to whoever it makes a day better to. Um, and I just want to be happy, like not like cursory, happy, filled with things, but happy from a place of, um, my spirit or soul or whatever you choose to name your, your inner person or consciousness. Just want to be like content. I used to hear people say that, like, I just want to be content. I'm like, fuck content. I want to be successful. I want to be happy. No, I just want to breathe and just be happy, man. Like, (laughs) I'm okay not knowing how things are going to work out, but I'm personally okay. And so that's kind of my value now. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean that, that what you I have a described. job right now where my 20 year old self would probably be mortified. Now I'm like, no, I have a really good job. It pays my bills. I can take my kid out to eat sometimes and um, I can not freak out about where I'm going to get the next paycheck. It's not what I thought I would be doing. (laughs) I'll just give you a snippet. Here's, I'll read an email I got today that I took a picture of. Can we do a sidebar here Mm -hmm. off of my soapbox? So I had to answer an email that said, my dog ate some bird seed that had fallen on the ground. Two hours after she threw up her dinner and the seeds. See, she, she seems to be okay. But I'm wondering if this is something I should be worried about. Yeah, that was an poison, email I got. Poison control, because your that dog has is nothing doomed. to do with my job, but I part of it has to do with monitoring a. Do they think mailbox. that you're poison control? I don't know, but at, I I get paid to be nice to people. I should say I get paid to be kind to people, 
And um, did you just reply like, "I'm glad your dog is feeling fine. Goodbye." No, I didn't reply to it because I got it at the end of the day. <laughs> but I'm okay. I was like, "He'll be all right. If it's an emergency, he'll call the vet." And I don't know the answer. See, so and your not the answer. Tomorrow. Your job allows you to practice a value of yours, which is kindness. Absolutely. So I'm going so to kindly reply to the guy about his dog tomorrow. But yeah. tomorrow you're going to get the email that the dog's dead. My 20 year old self I'm would sorry. be like <laughs> dark turn. <laughs> my 20 year old self who was wrapped up in my identity being associated with things and people to affirm my identity. Just like a unknowingly a privileged bitch, man. Like I, I wasn't a bitch to people. I don't think, I mean, I'm sure I was an asshole, but like, under the guise of like, I'm doing good for the world would be like, you have a master's degree and you're doing this job. And my 40 year old self wants to pat that 20 year old self on the head and go, you have no idea how lost you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's part of my work is like looking and being okay with where I'm at right now. And truly like feeling that I'm not telling myself to believe it. Like I feel it. I'm good, but I also have some deeper stuff that I want to do so I can continue to move through life and not be stuck mm-hmm. well yeah we're, i'm on a soapbox tonight you're on a roll um do you have a lot of caffeine today uh i had a little bit after five and that should not happen hold on i have something to say yes so what you were describing to me to, mm-hmm. to me sounded like um like your life's work. So it's not just the work of your sobriety, but like it's your life's work to develop those values that you now discover that you have. Whereas in your 20s, you weren't. I mean, that's a normal progression of adulthood. Absolutely. Adolescence into adulthood <clears throat> is to, you know, have an quote unquote identity. Mm-hmm. And people get really wrapped up in that and that's normal. But then you start to uncover your values. And it sounds like your life's work and your sober work is living the values yeah and then correcting yourself when you're like really steering off course from your values which is because... hard because there's a reward sometimes and being a dick it's like drinking it is it's very similar to me to addiction where you know it's bad it's not in your values like when you think of taking a drink like you know the consequences you don't feel better you feel awful but there's a reward, <laughs> chemically imbalanced reward, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of teaching new habits to like, to say, and that's where I think, again, like you were saying, yes, these are my life values, but I think that's where my, my recovery has informed me just growing into a good person in general is that it's a process and I'm not going to get there right away, but I'm definitely not going to get there if I don't dig deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And I mean, people who might be listening to this, your values and your work is not going to be the same as ours or anybody else's. Like we, everyone has their own individual reason to wake up in the morning and try to be alive. (laughs) Um, And I think some people, their sober work becomes their, their sense of spirituality that they feel like they've been like disconnected to or lacking for a long time. And some people, you know, it's being connected to people because they have not done that their whole lives. And some people, it's just they want knowledge and understanding. It, it like can look so many different ways. So 
I just am always surprised by how the work looks. I'm always like just completely flabbergasted <laughs> because it's always the opposite of what I think it's going to be. And it's always something I really, really, really don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, the deeper that you go, the more resistance you're going to feel. And for me, I need, I need help getting that deep down. So like when it's really hard stuff to deal with, like shame or fear or anger, like I need a Karen to help me from time to time. Yeah. So I'm not currently in therapy, but like when I butt up against those issues, um, that's what I seek out because sometimes it's so hard to navigate that stuff in my own brain. And then the lighter stuff, like the patterns that are just not really serving me and kind of getting in my way, but I feel like I can deal with them. I can use other things, other tools to help me, other resources to help me kind of work through those. But I'd say like the most valuable thing ever is the noticing part, which is that has been like a game changer for me. Like the work is oftentimes just hmm, like noticing what I'm doing or thinking or how I'm acting and just being aware of it and not, <laughs> I know I'm using this word a lot, but not working on it, just seeing it. Um, and so like, if, if you're listening and you feel like you're not working hard enough or you're not, <laughs> You're not like healing fast enough or what, just like go easy on yourself. And the fact that you're noticing something that you want to eventually work on is, is amazing. And that's nowhere work to be. in itself. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to keep doing this until we're old. I don't really notice a lot about myself. It's still something that like, I don't, I don't know that it's <laughs> worth the strategic investment of my time to notice things. I mean, I try to, I feel bad saying that. But like, meaning I, I feel things before I even can name them. So I'm like, a, like, if you, we need a visual here, it's like when you cook pasta on the stove and it's like taking forever, taking forever, taking forever to boil. All right. It starts to go and you turn your back for a second and then all of a sudden it's overflowed everywhere. That's still where I'm at with my feelings and recognizing them sometimes like, yeah, I feel something simmering in here. And I let it go for a little bit. I'm like, oh, it'll be fine. I will, you know, work through this. And sometimes it's just like a goddamn mess all over the stove. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, that's okay. Like, I'm okay with it. I recognize that. I acknowledge that in myself. But I never excuse like, oh, God, look, at there's this mess that I, I'm not going to clean it up. Because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so for me, it's like sometimes it's got to get messy before I can really actually look at it and say like, Oh, here, here's some shit. But for another person, like, yeah, having that overflow causes like major disruptions in their life. And they realize like, Oh shit, like this is something that I'm going to have to deal with because (laughs) it's negatively impacting my life and, and probably keeping me like close to drinking or, or keeping me drinking. So like, agreed. My, like the, I really need to notice things about myself because my inability to name what I'm feeling was really maladaptive for me. So like me just kind of (laughs) like first grade level naming, I feel happy. I feel sad. I feel disappointed. I feel angry. I feel whatever. And just noticing it without needing to act on it has been really helpful. And it actually, I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I, 
started to learn that with meditation, but I didn't really start applying it until getting into therapy and, and like learning how to talk about feelings. But the noticing part is like all that meditation is. It's, that's the whole point in, in some types of meditation is just to like notice what arises. And I thought that was so stupid. Like, what is the point of noticing anything if you're not going to like fix it or act on it? But it's actually been really revolutionary for me to notice things because it's like a long game. Like if I can notice something and observe it for long enough, then eventually down the line, even years later, I can like just make enough of a, a little switch up in what I'm doing to maybe adapt better and to act differently. But it's never an immediate fix, which yeah is what we all kind of want sometimes. Well, I would, if you have any meditations that you use I would love for you after this to send them to me because I do feel like um you're exactly right and I think that's where like it's a hot mess and it causes like distraction or like triggers to drink like yeah like I'm sitting in that right now with other things thankfully not alcohol but it is similar and um you just helped me identify some work I need to do. <laughs> this is going to be totally counterintuitive. I want to before I give a preface before I say this, because it goes counter to everything that you said you were working on about building self-esteem and <laughs> <laughs> acknowledging that you have strengths or maybe it's not, but like just for some tangibles, like what are some, what are some things you think you still need to do the work in? Like, obviously, for one of mine is noticing my feelings before they become a goddamn mess. I mean, if we're really going to go there, it's going to get real, real personal real quick. My unending work, like my original pain, all revolves around, like, learning to truly love myself, which I'm learning, but I'm not totally there. It's around rejection. It's around shame. It's around um, a lot of like abandonment pain. So like that kind of work I need Karen for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need like to cry it out on a therapist's couch and like let it all out because oftentimes like I just block it. My brain will block it and it's so painful. I don't want to go there. So like that oh, type of God, work I'm is sorry I'm like that's gonna right be now. I'm like getting choked long. up listening to this yeah, yeah no it's gonna be lifelong like it, yeah. there's never gonna be a point where I reach and I'm like oh I dealt with those issues like it's gonna be recurring because especially like love like will trigger it for me like my relationships and um stuff comes up and I push it down but fortunately I like <laughs> don't anesthetize myself anymore so like I do have to deal with it more. And it's been really hard. Like, that's the kind of work that, like, I avoided it because it's fucking painful. But um, but it it needs to be done. Like, you got to, like, I was telling, um, I was telling my, I keep calling my boyfriend, my fiance. It's like, when you're a drinker, you, like, live in this messy-ass hoarder's house. And you just let shit pile up. And then when you get sober, yeah. you have to, like, take out the trash like one bag at a time until your house is cleaner but honestly like that feels like that's early sobriety for me it's like cleaning my house a little bit but like the truth is your house is always going to get dirty and clean and dirty and clean and dirty and clean throughout your life and you just have to like sweep it out from time to time so like I never think that I'm (laughs) 
I don't expect that I'm going to get to some place where I feel totally healed. Um, but I think I'll get further along than where I am now if I keep facing it and being brave and like looking at it and talking to it and holding space for it. But I don't ever think I'm going to be like healed because it's my life lesson. It's like, it's what, you know, it was what was put in my life for me to learn from. I don't think that ever really goes away. I think that's just like, you're born with that. I'm just being quiet. because I was like, like, I lost my... Holly and this whole no. recording is gone. <laughs> no, I'm processing. <laughs> like I said, I'm like, I'm not much of a crier, but I'm getting emotional because I think a lot of those are the same for me. And I did some work tonight. And so a lot of this shit is raw. Like I'm in the middle yeah. of sorting through my trash to take it out. So like um, I'm staring right now at worksheets about forgiveness. That's some work I need to do. Like I've already mentioned, but like getting really personal. It's like I have to acknowledge like I don't I don't want to forgive because I want justice. <laughs> for what I feel has been done and damaged to me. But that's also like when you're just talking about some of your deeper issues, it's because of all that stuff. So like by you peeling back your layers, you just peeled back another layer for me. And I'm like, fuck. Did I ever tell you about the time I thought I forgave someone? <laughs> I was like really quote unquote doing the work on forgiving this, this person, this awful person. And I was like, I did it. I had a breakthrough. I forgive him. I totally forgive him. And I felt this weight lifted off my shoulders. And I felt like I was on top of the world. And then like four months later, like four or five months later, <laughs> something else came up. And I was like, fuck that guy. That's <laughs> exactly. That guy. And then what happened to me? It, I realized like it's going to be a never ending cycle. It's yeah. the house gets dirty again. Like you can't live in a spotless house your whole life. Like right. shit accumulates. We're human. Things get rubbed the wrong way. And like it's it's a forever process it it comes it goes like you have to keep dealing but the second time I started trying to deal with the forgiving of that person was a little bit easier but it still comes up yeah I I don't want to go into personal details since this is public but I will just say the person I talked about my codependency issues that I need to work through my my part of the side of the street so to speak on but um that relationship was a very long lasting and like core one to my existence and identity for 22 years. And so when it ended and it ended in a fashion that um, I participated in, but since has been communicated that it's more like there's a lot of verbal, emotional sexual manipulation um towards the end of that and so for me like that work of forgiveness is like I don't think forgiveness is I have to excuse the behavior I don't accept what happened but I don't want to keep like that whole phrase like I don't want to keep drinking poison and thinking the other person is gonna yeah holding yourself so I have to forgive meaning I have whatever that definition of forgiveness of acceptance and releasing I have to do that as my first layer of work I have to do it because I want to move forward I don't want to be here anymore there are other things for me to do that are better (laughs) 
But I will tell you a story, a quick story about talking to the therapist. She's like, give me a visual. She's like, it's like you have this person up on a hook. Why? Like, and I'm like, because I want justice. She's like, that's valid. What, like, if you were to take them off the hook and put them somewhere where you feel that that would be, re- like, that would be given, where would that go? And before that, we had talked a little bit about my understanding of a higher power because she knows I'm actively in recovery. And I said, into a trash can. (laughs) (laughs) And I love when I can make my therapist laugh. And I was like, she's like, okay. But like, if there was a place where you could put them where the justice you feel needs to be, because you can't do it. You're not going to do it. This person is not going to acknowledge your form of justice. Like, where would you put them? (laughs) I said, a burning trash can. So I share that to be vulnerable, but also because it's like, you have to, God, you have to laugh at yourself. I can laugh at myself, but it's like, I, it's going to be hard work, man, but I'm doing it. Like, I'm just not giving myself, I'm also putting myself on another hook by not doing the forgiveness work I need to. And that's why she gave me worksheets. I feel like it's an active thing I can do. Like I'm working towards this literally. Um, but I have to ask for help on those things because I cannot help myself out of this. I cannot help myself out yeah, of Yeah, anger is so sticky and it it's like really so it really holds you hostage. It's so yeah. intoxicating. It's so easy to just spend your thoughts on it day in and day out, and it's just really lucrative. And the funny part is is that it doesn't accomplish accomplish like fuck all. It doesn't do anything other than keep right. you hostage and keep you toxic and keep you down and the thing is though you you gotta let it burn out like I had to let my anger like burn as hot as fire for like months and I think I I was like kept shoving mine down (laughs) yeah I kept like that's what I was talking about with the justifier like at the very beginning of the podcast was like my other half of my brain justifies like well you shouldn't feel that way you showed up to be there you were a drunk most of the time in that relationship you cheated on this person of course they're gonna be a dick like all those justifications were my brain trying to protect my heart from like just sitting in the anger and letting it burn. And that's part of the work is like being uncomfortable. Like I hate feeling angry. I hate it. Oh yeah. It makes you feel like such a bad person and it's so yeah, just consuming and icky. It's just it's, yeah. very uncomfortable. So that's why I got to burn through it. But yeah, it's like <laughs> With my trash it's necessary. Can. I remember I got to a point where I was so sick of being angry. I was like sick of myself being angry, but it still wasn't time. And then for whatever reason, one day I woke up and it was a little less. Um, It was sort of like the end of my drinking. Like I was so tired of drinking and I just wanted it to stop. And then one day I woke up and it was just a little bit clearer. So like, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take you. What if it were going to take you three years? Like it would still be over, you know, like, yeah. It no, it doesn't really matter what time frame as long as you. Yeah, because I don't want to live here for three more years. It's it's just not healthy. Like, yeah, there is an end to it though. Is what I'm saying. It is. Yes. If someone were to say like you're going to feel this way for three more years, but then you're like it's going to be more of a relief, then that's great. But and I think what helped me realize is like I knew anger was a trigger for me to drink. It was something I desperately wanted to shove down and mask, um, which is why. I used it as fuel to drink, 
Um, but now that I'm sober, I still like, I don't ever want to like, I will fight tooth and nail to keep my sobriety. Like I've said this before, nobody gets that from me. Cause I, with the help of my family and people that I loved and the support networks in my own work, I got here and I have to, I've, I've worked really hard to earn my sobriety and I'm never giving that up. So I know, like, just like you said, the pot of pasta on the stove, a goddamn mess is going to explode. Like I can't get there. Like I'm scared of it. I'm scared of drinking again. I'm scared of more than I'm scared of like, again, not forgiving or the abandonment issues that I have. Um, It's, that I will blow my biggest value, which is my sobriety and the ability to show up in my own life. So that's, that's the big, the bigger fear is giving up on my values than it is facing that anger anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm just right there. I'm up on this line, (laughs) ready to fall over. But then, like you said, you're just going to have to keep doing house cleaning. But I think it is like that moment of surrender for me. It's it's so parallel to drinking in my recovery. Like I can keep screaming about how I want to surrender, but I never throw myself over the line. So I declare surrender. I declare forgiveness. (laughs) See, you're fixed now. I know. It's great. Yeah. We got off on a, like, this has been a winding path, but I also think at the same time, it's just authentic and real. Like, we've said many times, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm trying every day to stay sober. So if you are listening and want to join us on that journey, I'm happy you're here. And you should email us. <laughs> email us. <laughs> She's really obsessed with this email. I she want wants those to... fucking letters, people. <laughs> I want to hear from you. I want to know you're a real you person, not some Instagram. Russian bot clicking on our, our podcast. I want to know, like, who you are, where you're at. I'm not going to talk about you on the show. It's confidential. But, yeah. like, if you want someone to talk to about being sober and being dope and screaming forgiveness into the air and then it not working... Um, email us at sober dope podcast or wait, what is it? Sober dope at <laughs> sober dope at mail.com. Sober dope at mail.com. We do check it though. Yep, I have it on my phone. Yeah, I do somewhere, but so I will. I have healthy boundaries, I don't check it all the time, but I will respond, and Gracie will respond too. Definitely, I'm really bad about responding quickly, however, yes. I will respond. Me too. Mm-hmm. This was our best talk yet. You think so? It was the most, I, I mean, I feel like we are trying to be real with each other. This is like, this experiment is like us getting closer to each other. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you and I love you. But this felt raw. I'm very raw. Yeah, go cry it out. I feel like I don't need to cry. I just feel like I just need to sit with it. Like, it's okay. Like, it's raw is like not always a bad thing. So, unless it's raw dog, <laughs> raw meat that a dog <laughs> ate and wants to know if it's okay after it threw it up, like my email today. How come our show always ends on like the dumbest? <laughs> because we deflect our feelings through humor. <laughs> it got too real, so we have to make some jokes up now. Okay. All right. Well, I love you. 
I love you so yeah. much. And I'm really glad we got to talk today. Me too. I miss you. I got to see you soon. I miss you too. And if you're listening, you're doing we great. We miss you too. We miss you. We we like you. And we like you. We hope to hear from you. Yes. Maybe we should have like some guests on our show. Okay. We should reach out to some of our, our podcast friends that email. Well, they don't email. This is me dating myself. They slide it on the DM. Oh, my God. You're so on hip. The oh, my God. On the Instagram? I, I know how I sound just before anybody thinks I'm really that bad. Well, I am. Um, but, yeah, it would be fun to have, like, some different friends and sharing their voices and stories, too. Yeah, if any of you listening are interested in uh, being on the podcast, we can we can even give you a different name other than Karen if you want a fake name. <laughs> Everybody's named Karen on your podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, get at us. We're on Instagram. The Instagram is um, SoberDope Podcast. And our email is SoberDope at mail.com. And we, ho- we like you. We do. All right. I love Have you, a great week. I love you too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.